Welcome to Revenue Jam, powered by Sales Assembly. With monthly live sessions, interviews with our executive team, and exclusive conversations with revenue leaders across B2B tech, this podcast is guaranteed to help you close the skill gaps across your entire go-to-market team. If you're looking for weekly, relevant, and timely content like this, go ahead and subscribe. Let's get into this episode. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Fireside Friday. I'm Jeff Rassett with Sales Assembly, and I am thrilled to be joined by a longtime friend and peer, Stephanie Jenkins, who is the SVP of sales at a really exciting company, PandaDoc. Stephanie, welcome. So glad that you're here with me. Thanks, Jeff. It's exciting to chat with you as always. Yes, ma'am. All right. So as we talked about, we like to keep these short and sweet and just kind of dive right into some interesting topics that are on the minds of a lot of revenue professionals and tech executives here in 2023. And with somebody with your amazing background, really looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts and perspectives around kind of what's going on in in tech and go to market these days. So we'll just jump right in. I get asked this question literally on like a daily basis, if not hourly, so much going on right now in the ecosystem, so much change, so much uncertainty, and it's really hard for leaders and organizations and even down to the rep level to predict how things are going to be going in the next three to six months and really plan ahead effectively. So I'm really curious, as somebody in your position, what are you seeing as like the trends in B2B tech sales or even more specifically where do you see things going? What's going to be changing in the next three to six months, maybe even a year that that everyone should really be on the lookout for? Yeah, I, well, I think the topic that's on my mind, that's probably on a lot of sales leaders' minds right now is chat GPT and how is AI, generative AI, going to really change the landscape and change the jobs? I think there's so many really interesting use cases in the sales world and in sales and SDR and generating conversations that are just super fascinating. So th- those are a lot of the kind of the latest and greatest and in, in kind of fun conversations that I've been having with a lot of people in the industry and a lot of peers out there. So how have you been experimenting with it yourself? A little bit, a little bit. We've been, you know, there's, there's a lot that you can do uh, like on your own, like, you know, me as a person, like I signed up for Grammarly AI the other day and, you know, I've been using a lot of their cool functionality on, I, pl- I plugged a board deck into it recently just to see what, what suggestions it would give. And it, it gave actually very good suggestions. You can plug your cadences into it or your, your out your sequences into it and see, you know, what suggestions might it have too. Like Salesoft is doing generative AI on cadences right now, which is really interesting. You know, I the other day, like one click created created a cadence for a particular persona. So that's really interesting. I think, you know, looking at looking at companies like Lavender or Conversica, it is really interesting too to see like what what other tools and functionalities. And is there a point where, you know, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, you know, we don't have SDRs anymore. We have AI that's doing a lot of the corresponding back and forth. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about. I get asked questions about kind of AI quite a bit, and I've, I'm a big proponent of it. I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, tool and asset. That's kind of the way that I think about yeah. AI and these sorts of things right now, not as a replacement for humans, especially no. in knowledge roles, but 
as a way to make us better and more effective and more efficient. And sure, maybe there's going to be opportunities for organizations to take teams that were once 10 people and narrow them down to five because they're able to do more based on the efficiencies that tools like these would help to bring to the table. But I still think we're in the very early innings of this. I've done a lot of experimentation with some of these tools and there's a, there's a lot more smoke than fire right now, I think, but it's coming. It, it'll be interesting yeah. the next next year or so. Is to, a lot of excitement around it, right? Yeah. Like a lot of, you know, you can kind of finally connect the dots and see what's possible. Right. But, you know, to you have a very good point of like, it's not, not, you know, you don't want to ever want to think of like replacing, but you can think of like, for example, you know, here at PandaDoc, we generate thousands and thousands of leads per month. We only route a certain percentage of the highest, the best leads to our sales team, right? That we we perceive to be the highest. Could you use AI to, you know, to, to make a little model, machine learning model, and and really test to see which which leads should we service to the sales team? Or for those that don't meet a certain threshold or don't, you know, don't make the cut, could you have AI have a conversation with them or prospect into them to try to warm them up a little bit more to see if they would make the cut if you had that in place? So yeah, it'll be interesting. See where it goes. So interesting. Uh, yeah. So one thing that AI is not going to replace, at least for a very, very long time, is like great, effective leadership. And you've been a leader for as long as I've known you. I'd love to hear from your perspective, like what's the what's the, the best trait that you see in leadership or thinking about your personal journey? What's the most important lesson that you've learned along the way that you carry with you now as a leader? Yeah, I, you know, I think that there's this, like, the, the, when I, when I think of great leaders, I also think of people who can really drive a sense of urgency and change in an organization and like align a, a lot of cats, right? You know, a lot of people who are like really exceptional at herding cats and moving towards a common solution. Um, you know, people who are great leaders, I think have that trait of, of just being able to to get that done. And I, I would probably say that's probably one of my superpowers too, is, you know, being able to take a really complex problem, define it, try to assign different people to a a certain task and try to drive towards completion really, really quickly and then measure the change as you go. So it's, it's hard to shift an organization other. And that's, I think the thing that good leaders have is being able to shift an organization. Yeah. And something that stuck with me a long time, a mentor once said to me that, you know, the best leaders are the ones that surround themselves with the best people and the smartest people. And I think along those same lines, like one individual with all the smarts and the will that they might have, they can't move the needle that much by themselves. And it's the people that are surrounding that individual. And the only way that the leader is going to get the most out of the organization is by hiring and cultivating the right culture and the right team of smart, ambitious, hardworking, ownership-driven, accountable people and helping to steer them in the right direction. And I think that's, you know, when you think of leadership, you don't always think about the people that are around you, but I think that's often. A hundred percent true. Yeah. It's, that's so interesting that you say that because I think as far as developing leaders and a bench underneath you too, I think one of the hardest things for people to do is you know, sometimes they have this idea or this problem. Like I have this problem, I have this idea to solve it. And I see leaders, you know, across organizations or on my team have that same thing. So you want to empower them. Like, yes, you can make this change. Here's what I would suggest to go about doing. 
but there's a difference between someone who can put that structure in place and refine it and drive people towards like that common goal. And that's a really, it's a hard trait to teach in people. Like you can change this internally. Yep. I'm switching gears for a second, more on the personal side. Uh, I'm going to fire a couple of like super rapid fire questions at you. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So the one place that you've never been on vacation that is at the top of your list. Well, we just, we just booked the Rocky Mountaineer, which is the Canadian railroad that runs between Vancouver and Jasper and Banff. And that has been on our bucket list for so long. It's like a luxury, a train ride between <laughs> between the location. So we're really excited. That that was very high on the list. So I'm glad we got that got that on the calendar. Coming that's in awesome. October, I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah that sounds. I've I've always wanted to like go on like a long train ride across the country and maybe bring my son and just kind of like do that whole thing. So that sounds amazing. Yes, um, I'm excited. Okay, mm-hmm. what was the growing up? What was the best sport that you played? What were you best at? Uh, figure skating. You know my figure skating background. I don't like a top rank. That was a very good skater in the U.S. at one point. Get out of here! Really? Yeah. Okay. No, no. Figure skating. Yeah. So I competed growing up. I stopped when I was eighteen. I became a figure skating judge when I was eighteen, and it's a hobby that I've kept on the side ever since. So I'm still a judge for U.S. figure skating. I have my national qualifications. I've my just got my international qualifications last summer. So it's a fun hobby to do on the side. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. I just, and on a similar note, I just bought my five-year-old rollerblades. So. Oh, nice. Pretty much the same thing. I'm sure he's going to be a professional before we know it and probably judging rollerblade contests. So. There you um, go. How's he doing? That's a hard sport to. Uh, Haven't, haven't broken him out of the box yet. I'm letting him observe a lot of the kids on the block that have been experimenting with world blades to kind of see how it goes. And yeah. then maybe we'll, uh, we'll get some of the falls out of the way by osmosis. And then yeah. we'll have his here in the next couple. We've of got weeks. probably like the summer months coming up here. It's like perfect weather to get out those rollerblades and get out on the, you know, yeah. lakefront. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Really uh, nice. Last question. Did you get some rollerblades too? I need to know. I t- <laughs> no, no rollerblades for me. Mm-hmm. My role is just going to be making sure that, you know, my son doesn't crack his head open. So Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, that's, that's, that's my job for the summer, I think, for my wife. Okay. Last question that I want to ask you. So uh, there's a lot of people that are coming in to the workforce right now in like a very strange time. Yeah. So what would you give, what advice would you give somebody that's like just starting their career in sales over the past year or two? Yeah. What should they focus on? What should they know about? What should they plan? Like what's, what's the best advice you can give somebody just coming in? Mm, I'd probably give them two pieces of advice. So it's not one, but w- the first would be like, stick with it. It's it, sales is a skill that, that anyone can learn how to do. And it's a learnable skill. There are so many books that are written. There are great great programs like sales assembly, where you can learn the skills. It's not like you come in and you have the talent or you don't have the talent. You really, it is a skill that you can learn. Um, and one that you can carry with you for a lifetime, no matter what role that you, you, maybe you stay in, hopefully you stay in sales for your whole career, but maybe you don't, and you can carry those skills with you to the next role. The second piece of advice, as I would say to someone starting their career in sales is, is that like, stick with it. The longer that you work, you know, you see a lot of people who've like 
you come into a company and they stick around for a year and then they leave and they go to a different company, they stick around for a year and you leave. You start becoming really good at sales once you really understand the product. So hang with the organization that you're with and don't think the grass is greener. It's probably not that, it's probably not greener on the other side. So if you can stick with it and really try to learn the product that you're trying to sell and learn the company and learn the business, you'll, you'll end up being a kind of a, that master at your craft really soon. So, you know, hang in there. It's a lifetime sport. Keep learning. Yeah. And, and to your second point, like sticking with the company, um, just getting to know the persona and getting to know the communities that your buyers hang out in and building a personal brand for yourself and being able to leverage your, your network for introductions and relationships. I mean, that's all stuff that is built over time. And if you're switching from marketing tech to logistics tech to health tech to going and selling insurance every 12 to 18 months, it's really hard to kind yeah, of build that brand equity and, and the knowledge that you need to really dive in and and build that moat for yourself around around the, the item that you sell. So I yeah, think it's, that's it's hard. That first year at the job, the new job, it's hard, right? It's like a hard thing you have to learn or a new job within an existing company, but it gets infinitely easier the longer that you stick with it because you yeah. have you just learn so much as you go. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Stephanie, this was amazing. I'm so grateful that you took the time, especially here at the end of the quarter when, or at the end of the month when we're recording this to join me and, and drop some knowledge bombs on folks in the community. So where's the best place to follow you? LinkedIn, Twitter, like what's the what's the place for folks? Yeah, to just Stephanie? look for Stephanie Jenkins, Steph Jenkins at PandaDoc on LinkedIn. Reach out to me there is probably the best place. Stephanie.Jenkins at PandaDoc.com uh, if you want to email me. Okay, Stephanie, this is great. Thank you so much for being a great member of the sales assembly community and the B2B ecosystem overall and appreciated the conversation. All right, thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revenue Jam. If you want more practical tips and sales leadership advice, join us for our monthly live sessions. You can join in the conversation with Todd, Sam, Jen, and Matt every single month by going to lp.salesassembly.com slash live. And if you're looking for a solution to upskill your entire go-to-market team, check out salesassembly.com slash tour to see an ungated interactive demo. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.